Welcome to the Path of Passion podcast, where we hear from people who are living lives they're passionate about. I'm your host, Tyler, and this is my enamoring co-host. Hi, I'm Jordan. And today we're interviewing my dance teacher, Sean. Sean was originally a chemical engineer and now uh, teaches both uh, house dance, so like electric dance music, and taekwondo. So um, let's get into it. So Sean, tell us about this like journey going from basically kicking ass with your mind to kicking ass with your body. <laughs> you had that, that one saved up. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I'm a, I, I might take that too. I might write that down. Um, so yeah, hi guys. My name is Sean Bierka. And like Tyler said, I, uh, I went to school to study chemical engineering. I went to Tufts University and I was actually, I can say kicking ass, right? You did, so I can say it, right? Yeah, you're totally good. <laughs> I guess you can say I was actually kicking ass with my body before I was kicking ass with my mind because I started uh, studying Taekwondo, it's a Korean martial art. I started studying when I was eight years old, um, when I lived on the Cape. And honestly, like kind of leading up to college and then beyond, like I think Taekwondo really set a strong foundation for just you know, approaching life. Uh, there's a lot of life lessons that you that are to be learned from martial art. It's not just like kicking and punching. Um, one of my old instructors, he had like this famous, well, famous to us, but the speech that he would always give us kids where I think it's when we were giving him a hard time, he would just sit us down. And he said, this is, <laughs> I'm gonna give you the speech. Um, he would go, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, look at the door. So we like, he's like, look at me. We look back. He's like, when you, when you leave the Taekwondo school, you're still doing Taekwondo. And then he'd, he'd proceed to have this conversation with himself as if he was talking as us. He's like, well, what do you mean, Mr. Kidwell? Uh, I'm not punching or kicking when I go home. He's like, you got chores to do. You got homework. You got to take out the trash. You got a bedtime. Like, he's like, all these things are, you have to do these things as part of life. And Taekwondo teaches you like you have to be your best self. So if you're not doing these things, you're not, you're, you're not doing Taekwondo. And we're all, you know, as an eight year old, you're like, uh, well, I still like to kick things. I like to break boards and all that. But um, I think just having that as like this voice in the back of my head, like go, growing up throughout life, whenever you encounter adversity, I was like, well, you know, I can either accept defeat or I can push through it. You know, I can I can make the best of it. And I think that's really helped me uh, not just in Taekwondo, but also in school. Like it really kept me focused. I was a good I think I was a, I was a pretty good student already when I started in fourth grade. But I think it just as I got older, it just kind of worked in parallel. Like I felt like when I walk into the Taekwondo studio, it's like focused, ready to go walk into math class, walk into Eng whatever it is, English, French, boom, ready to go. Like, listen, eyes open, ears open, try to get everything you can out of it. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. Like, there are things where I'm like, <laughs> like, I would rather not pay attention to certain things or like, do everything that I do. But um, I think just having that approach helped me uh, make my own success in martial arts. Uh, like I'm a fourth degree black belt now. So I've been I've been doing it ever since I was eight. Um, and it helped me be successful in school. It helped me really focus on like the 
mathematics and sciences particularly, um, which I'm sure you guys are no strangers to as at my two students. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a good time. <laughs> you know the grind. Uh, yeah. So to kind of cut back to your question, you know, I, I studied chemical engineering in, at, at Tufts University, uh, graduated with my bachelor's. Um, and Tufts was also where I started to learn about dance and it was on more of a recreational level. Like it wasn't like, all right, you got to make dance your life. Like it was just, you know, there were clubs there that, you know, we, we, we learned about dance, we did performances. And I'd say for me, the, like doing performances was what made me really fall in love with the idea of like, okay, well, why do you dance to show it? Um, and I think my Taekwondo helped that with that too, because we, we would do demonstrations when I was younger, we'd go to like, you know, uh, local fairs or just local events. And we would do a Taekwondo demonstration where we show what we practice, we do some crazy board breaking, sometimes we do some sparring. Um, and when you when you show up to something like that, and you're you're representing yourself, you're representing your school, you know, the mindset is if you look really good and know what you're doing, people are going to really enjoy it they're going to maybe even join your school. It's like, wow, I want to be like that. You know, the, the first day I, I, I went to my Taekwondo school, uh, all the higher belts were doing like flying kicks, like they're flying over each other that you, you literally had kids like, I know, Jordan, you said you wanted me to show you something, but <laughs> you'd have kids like like this on the floor, like they're like this, and you'd have other kids like jumping over them. Um, wow. So as an eight year old, when you see that, you're like, <laughs> that's a, yeah that has to be like i mean eight-year-old me was just like impressed with everything so like the fact that you see someone literally kicking ass like <laughs> right right it's like same it's like i'm impressed by like a tomato but like to see like children flying over each other it's like what what is this <laughs> what is this sorcery um so having that kind of experience with taekwondo really made me enjoy the performance part of dance and um after I, I graduated, I was, you know, I, I was in biotech for about 13, 14 years, 14 years. Um, and uh, I was concurrently still doing, practicing Taekwondo and teaching Taekwondo in Cambridge in Boston, uh, and also uh, continued to study dance. I was, I was a part of a dance company, which uh, I was a part of my first company post-college for about six years. And then I, I shifted to a new company called, it was called Concept Artist. It's a company that I actually am still affiliated with. I help direct it. Um, we do, you know, we create our own performances and perform around Boston, New England. Right now, performances are a little, you know, few and far between, but we're hoping to get back to that. Um, and uh, I started teaching dance about I'd say 10, 11 years ago. And I'll be honest, when I started teaching, like if I, if I, if current me goes back and looks at then me, like I, I probably didn't know what I was doing. Um, like I, I knew enough to like present myself a certain way, but I know much more now about what the valuable things are to teach in dance. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 I'm teaching full time now in 2018, I was unceremoniously or ceremoniously, I don't know, I guess, depending on how you want to look at it. Uh, our, the company I worked as Momenta Pharmaceuticals, they did a massive layoff. Uh, They're basically shifting directions and they decided half the company was not needed. So 
at that point in time, I was actually considering making a career change to teaching full time anyway. So it was, in a way, it was like, oh, cool. They made the decision for me and they're paying me to like leave. I'll take that. <laughs> That's sweet severance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, I mean, it was, it was kind of like really good timing. And uh, since 2000, the end of 2018, I've been, you know, teaching multiple dance classes a week, teaching at my Taekwondo studio and just really trying to make a, you know, a career for myself that was based on those things. And it's been a challenge, but it's also been a fun experience because when you have like 100% of your uh, brain mass to put towards something, uh, I realized I was like, man, I was really spreading myself really thin and not really getting 100% out of anything I was doing. You know, I, I think that and that that is also part of from like the Taekwondo, you can sometimes convince yourself you can do everything and shoulder everything. And then when you realize like you don't have to do that, you're like, man, like, why didn't I just focus on, you know, X, Y or Z, but it's, you know, that's the experience. So, so, so now I'm teaching and, and, and I like where I'm at. No, that's fair. It's, I think a really good takeaway from that is just focusing on the things you actually want to like dedicate your time to. Cause MIT is the exact opposite. Like they teach you. <laughs> first and foremost triage they're like you're gonna come and drink from a fire hose and then you kind of leave after four years if you only did your bachelor's and you're like i didn't enjoy that and i'm really good at triaging but it's not like a lifestyle to live at all yeah it's almost like they they're like throwing you into the fire right off the bat and it's like yep. all right put yourself out <laughs> yeah i mean that's kind of why i say <laughs> so often in your dance class like trial by fire <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. That's how the greats learned. The greats had yeah. to be kind of pushed into it and um, you, you sink or swim. Yeah. yeah. So it, from the sound of it, you were doing chemical engineering and being a dance instructor and being a Taekwondo instructor all at the same time for quite a while. Yeah. Was that um, correct? Yes. I would say, and like, even before I started teaching dance, I was still like, you know, uh, learning with my company and like probably doing that a few times a week. So all in all, since the start of like college back in like 2000, like doing all that stuff yeah, with, with like minimal breaks, like that's kind of the truth of it. So um, wait, were you then um, teaching Taekwondo while you were going to Tufts or... I, yeah, so there was a, there luckily was a Taekwondo club at Tufts that I participated in and, and would, you know, because I had a black belt from before, usually clubs like that, there's probably, you know, one or two at MIT. I think they actually have a couple Taekwondo clubs where if you have experience from a uh, former uh, Taekwondo school, they like people like that coming into the club because they bring kind of new ideas, new energy in, and they can help out with teaching. And I, I eventually became, I think, the head instructor my either my junior or my senior year at Tufts. And I started training at the school that I'm currently an instructor at, uh, the J.H. Kim Taekwondo Institute. Uh, so, yeah, I was teaching then and, uh, you know, rehearsing dance then and the fun, wacky world of chemical engineering then. <laughs> so, yeah. It if you were, since you've eventually, I mean, now you've dropped the wacky world of chemical engineering, 
for these other pursuits. So, um, it. What took you so long? I guess. I, <laughs> <laughs> you were just like, what the hell, man? Like, what <laughs> Honest, honestly, um, I and you know, I'm gonna kind of keep going back to my martial arts training. Is when you when you learn certain values or like you develop certain values in something. So for me, like, you know, loyalty uh and discipline are like two big things to me and the idea of quitting like it can you can take it two ways right it's like one thing it's like okay i want to do this thing that sometimes it's really hard and i can only fail if i quit so i really want to like stick to it but sometimes that mindset can work against you where it's like oh i don't want to quit anything because it it's maybe, you know, I've convinced myself it's a sign of weakness, or maybe just the feeling of quitting feels hard because you have to deal with like people's emotions. Right. Um, so I think honestly, man, it's, it's just I, I think I convinced myself I had to do it all for a long time. Plus, you know, I can't like, you know, living in Somerville, Cambridge, where I, I, there's a lot of biotech. Biotech is a very, you know, lucrative industry. It's, you know, it pays well. Um, there's like good, uh, what, what's the, what's the word? Like when people, when I talk to a bit up, talk to about it with people like, oh, you're a, you're a chemical engineer. Like, that's really good. There's a lot of like good notoriety with it. Um, it just, it felt like I needed to do it for a while, but then tw probably the last three or four years of my tenure at Momenta, you start, I started to feel the attrition kind of setting on it's like man like why do i feel just like it's a pain to get up in the morning and go to work and i i realized like i didn't see myself i didn't really see myself five ten years down the line like what am i going to be doing i could say something like i want to be a director or i want to be this level but I didn't see myself doing the work to get there. I saw myself like, oh, this is what happens. You get promoted. But I was like, wait, that's not how it worked in Taekwondo. I wasn't given a belt. I wasn't given my black belt. I wasn't given like teaching opportunities. I had to work for those. And I realized like, I probably am not gonna wanna work for what I would wanna see myself doing in this field. And that's, that's one of those like kind of come to Jesus like, man, maybe it's time, you know, but because of all those other things, like the, the financial, the benefits, the, the security, I, it was like, man, that's a tough, like balloon to let go. You know, you want to kind of hold on to it. And I, I think I honestly, uh, that last year, I probably convinced myself at some point there was going to be some type of like signal that I was like, okay, this is the sign that it's time to go. And it didn't ever really slap me in the face until they were like, <laughs> hey, uh, you're all fired. And it was like, this is it. This is it's like, it's like they're calling my number now. Like, that's me. Oh, severance. Cool. That's me. <laughs> so it kind of yeah. like some I, I've read stories about like different people's, you know, professional experience on like like how they approach things and like what some people literally just go with the flow and the whatever's presented to them. They're like, Oh, this is the thing that I'm doing now. 
and I feel like I kind of fall into that. It's like, oh, this is the challenge I'm up, I'm forced with now. All right, here we go. Let's make it work. Um, so yeah, man, I, I I don't have a good reason other than just I think I felt like uh, obligated to to be this, you know, jack of all trades. Like I got to do it all. I have I my discipline started to work against me, and I see that now. And now it's like, okay, maybe I can. I can foresee something like that in the future and hopefully work before it, you know, makes me feel <laughs> some kind of way. No, that's really fair. I mean, like having transitioning out of like grad school into like now working, it was like for yeah. a while it was like, Oh, I, you know, even bef before thesis got really tough, you know, going to your classes all the time, Sean, and then still managing to do a lot of work. I kind of like, right. When I got out of grad school, I was like, should I pick up a new hobby? And everyone's like, no, just go to dance. I'm like, don't, don't start something new. You don't have to do everything. Right. Right. But when you're, when you're really motivated, it, it's sometimes like you're, you can be like your own worst enemy. Um, even when you're doing things that you really like, um, you're like, man, I want to do this, 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 and this. But then if you spread yourself too thin, sometimes you look back and you're like, wait, what, where am I getting with any of it? You know, I'm just sort of doing it, but I'm just treading water everywhere. Right. 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 I, I think, I'm not sure if it's common, but like something that I also experienced was uh, growing up, I didn't have that many hobbies, but then when I got to college, I started doing way too many things. And at the end of it, I realized I didn't dedicate enough time to any of these. Like I was burnt out on everything because I, there's only so much time in the day. Mm -hmm. And if you try and fit 10,000 things into 24 hours, you aren't going to be able to actually do all of those things. Like, part of, honestly, part of loving a lot of different things is you have to let some things go so that you can actually dedicate the time necessary to things that you care about the most. Yeah. Do you guys ever go to a restaurant that has like a menu that has way too many things on it? And you're almost like overwhelmed that you're going to make a bad choice. You're like, man. I want to get this, but this looks good. These look good. And you're like, I, I, I should order all four of them. You know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it, almost, it almost works against you that there's too many choices versus like, um, Tyler, that there's that small ramen place down the street. Oh, you may, you may walk yeah. Atari. And it's like, you can get ramen with pork or ramen with more pork. Those are your choices. So it's yep. like, you know, on the surface, it's like, oh, it's not much. But then you're like, well, it's it's easy to choose. Like, you know, I can, I, it's laid out for me. But when you have a lot of choices, you're, you're right, Jordan. It's like being a kid in a candy store and you only have 10 bucks to spend. And you're like, ah. And, and like in life, that, that 10 bucks is like time. You know, you only have a certain amount of time you can put towards it. And you eventually find... The, the best way to spend your time or the most optimal way, but sometimes you have to go through those those first pathways where you're like, ah, I'm doing too much, but eventually I want to settle on something. For sure. So I guess like along the concept of time then, like, I mean, you know, that people like to say like it takes 10,000 hours of something to become an expert at it. So yeah. I guess like to become like a fourth level black belt shot, how, how many hours do you think you've put into Taekwondo? I could probably like do a quick calculation. It's funny. I actually used the same exact thing with somebody the other day. I said, you have to oh, really? Yeah. Cause we, you know, we practice, uh, 
Um, we call them uh, pumze in Taekwondo. It's like just like patterns that you have to learn and memorize to test for your next belt. And, uh, you know, you're teaching the kids how to do it. And they're kind of just like doing this through it. And they're like, I can do it. And it's like, yeah, you can get through it. But to like really master it, you have to do it maybe 1,000, 10,000 yeah. times. Um, so how many hours? Oh, my goodness. So I would say I was going to Taekwondo. I was probably at the school most like training wise um, between 2002 to like 2000, I'll say like 2010 ish. Like I was probably training and going to classes like multiple days a week. Um, in addition to the teaching, um, now it's primarily teaching. Um, but you know, if, if I'm in the school, maybe I'll say like five to 10 hours uh, a week of just like hitting the, hitting the, the boards, let's say I say five hours. If you do that over the course of a year, what is that? Uh, like like times 52 weeks. Yeah. 260 ish plus or minus hours. Um, and then you multiply that over, let's say 10 years comes out to like 2,600 hours. And that's, that's just like the training part. That's not like the teaching part too. Um, plus I've been doing Taekwondo for 30 years. So that's like a third of just the training. So it's like 10,000 hours per belt, like level of black belt, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost, it's almost like that. They actually, the, the way they like you promote usually between the, like the colored belts. So you start as a white belt, yellow, green, blue, red, you know, there's different ranks probably takes like two to three months. If you're like on top of your, your stuff, two to three months to promote. And then you get to black belt and it starts to get longer. It's like, okay, ideally they, they tell you, it takes like one to two years to go from one degree to like the next degree. And as a kid, you're like, but I'm just memorizing like the same types of things. Like they're harder, but why would it take two years? And I, and I, as I got older, like the way I saw uh, at my school and just in general, it's people's minds need that time to mature. It's the mind, like the physical, anyone can, like, I can show people that have been doing Taekwondo for several years. I can show them like a pattern, but like the way they do it, if you just, after, if you just look at after a couple months, it's like, okay. But like spending the time with it and like understanding, you know, not just the details, but just kind of the greater purpose of like what all these basic things are doing for your body and whatever. It's like, oh man, there's actually a lot to kind of absorb that you can't just do it and and expect that it's just gonna come naturally in a short period of time. You need that time to marinate. And, and sometimes you look back, you're like, man, that thing that my teacher said six years ago, now it makes sense. You know, it's just, it's like you have that aha. And uh, not many people wanna put the time in, you know, they just want the, like the reward or the, the they, they reach a certain level and they're like, Oh, cool. I got it. And it's like, well, like it's all the stuff in between actually, that was the learning though. You know, like, what did you get from that? And sometimes people, I tell people um, who sometimes it takes them longer to get something. It's like, sometimes like you, you spend that time that maybe this, this person over here, it took them this much time to get. But when you have to like make yourself work that hard to like get, what this person got really easy, you're going to appreciate that time a lot more. You're like, man, it took me so long, but like, I actually learned a lot more and like pushed myself over a longer period of time 
than this person did. Maybe they're really talented. And what I see is, is like, as these two people progress, this person tends to be there for the long haul. This person usually gets to a point and they're like, all right, I'm good. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just, I think when you make yourself work for a long time, you have a, a better sense of discipline. Because you no, have to fair. And I definitely agree with that. Like having, especially like having to take a couple months off from dance because I need to like actually finish the grind on my thesis. Like even though I was like really out of shape when I came back, I felt like my, the way I was viewing everything had changed like fundamentally. Like I was like, okay, I'm back since I'm out of shape, I'm back to like square one. But now I know all these things I didn't know before. And so just practicing to get back into shape and going through it, I felt like I could approach everything from a different way. I was more focused on like, instead of just like in the beginner class doing the steps, looking, focusing on like, how do the steps look in the mirror? Is this the type of like trying to identify like personally, what is my style? Like I like obviously sh the dance move shuffling. So like, I like now, I think I'm beginning to realize I like a, like a more bouncier style when it comes to um, how I want to move. Yeah. You have like a reference point, you know, you're like, Oh, I've learned this before. I get to do it again now. Hmm. Okay. Now I, I can like focus on different things as I learn versus having to learn it from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. Like your focus is just like staying afloat when you're learning from scratch. But then when you've learned, you've gone through it a few times, you're like, okay, I feel a little different. I think a little different. What am I, what am I feeling? What's, what's going on here? So that's, that's great that you noticed that. Yeah, actually, Tyler, uh, I think in our friend group, you tend to learn slower, but you yeah. No, it's true, but you are, I think, also the most diligent of all of us. And one, I think one of the consequences is you are better able to explain a lot of the things you learned than most of the rest of us because, because you've stewed so long in what you're learning that you have such grounded fundamental understanding that makes it easy for you to like, teach others. And I think that's like a, very much a skill and talent. That's mighty praise, bro. That's mighty praise. That's that's what's up. Well, I mean, it also helps though, like being surrounded by like the right people, right? Like, so like being surrounded by Sean. Um, I'm surrounding you. Or, um, <laughs> uh, last week, you know, like we interviewed Jared on bartending and like having taken bartending classes for six years. Like, I guess, you know, and like Sean was saying, the people who stick with it the longest, they're in it for the or they're learning slowly. They're in it for the long haul, and I guess. It's, it's kind of like a feedback loop, right? You're, you get lucky. You're, you're learning slower, but then since you're dedicated, you are more likely to come out appreciating it more at the end. And I guess if I just then try to take that and I, you know, try to show people, you know, and I mean, like literally right now, I'm like repping Sean's merchandise. So like, I'm like every <laughs> single like dance class. I'm like, oh, keep coming to Sean's class. You'll get like so much out of it. It's a great time. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Do you guys, uh, do you know the, sh the TV show, uh, The Walking Dead? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Like, I, I think sometimes when we talk about, uh, what is it? Just like, like the, 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 the life timeline kind of, I, I, I have this tendency to kind of equate it to video games where it's like, you know, you level up and video games are nice because they literally, like most of them give things to you in a certain order where it's like, okay, this is the next test. Okay, now you're ready for this next test. It doesn't really go out of order too often. Maybe there's some games now that do that. But generally, it's this, it's like this. And in life, 
I think sometimes you'll meet people on your path that sometimes like you you meet them and and it's like it feels like okay this is the the person that i need right now to take me to that next step but sometimes you meet people that maybe they're not quite what you need at that moment but they're valuable and you don't realize it but it's not to say that you can meet someone like way far out and say like okay this this person is above everyone else because I'm meeting them later. It might just be you met them at the right time and the stuff that they say or they teach or they give is like what you need in that moment. And I think dance is a great thing because you it's it opens up the door to connect with so many different types of people, especially like through social dances. Um, like Tyler can talk about his experience with going to the club and just, you know, people that whether he knows it or not, like people that have been in the, the club scene for a while they'll see him and he's, they're like, who's this guy with like this amazing energy that he's just, he's getting down. He like <laughs> doesn't care about like anything. And in, in a good way, it's like, he's just getting down. He's, he doesn't look self-conscious. He doesn't like look timid. He's just here to live. And uh, you know, like based on like those experiences, sometimes you, you you do things when you're ready at the right time. And, and sometimes things are presented to you when you're not ready for them. Um, but uh, yeah, man, I, I, I totally agree with, with what you were saying on that. So on the topic of community and how important is meeting the right people at the right time, which is part still, part luck, part just persistence. Um, with both dance and Taekwondo, what were the communities like for you to help you keep with it and get to where you are now? Um, I'll just I'll start with Taekwondo. So the the school that I'm at now, the the J Kim School, uh, I went there in 2002 because one of the students I trained with at Tufts recommended it. She said, "Oh, if you want, like, I think I was coming up to the end of my sophomore sophomore uh, year." And I was going to be living up in Cambridge for the summer. And I was like, oh, I want to, I want to have like something to do. And she said, you should, you know, train at the school because the, the instructor there is like the best, <laughs> you know, like old Seinfeld, the best Jerry, the best. Um, <laughs> and he was, you know, he's a former, uh, his name is Jay Huang. He's a former like literal world champion fighter for his weight class at the time, like in the early, I think early nineties, um, you know, studied Taekwondo in Korea. And like, I walked into the the school and it was, it's kind of like two things were happening. One, I right away, like I totally verified what my friend said. It's like, this guy's the best. Like, this guy, <laughs> <laughs> like That's awesome. he just has this, he had this aura that he was the top and, but he was nice. Like he was a good guy. He was very, he's actually very uh, like shy. In like, in like a kind of a funny way, because he's such a, he's a badass, right? He's like a badass, but he's just shy, quiet. But in class, he was like, you know, he gave it to you. Um, so like, as like building that teacher student relationship was really important for me. Like I, and, but it wasn't something that I realized until I saw it happening. I was like, man, we have like a really good rapport and he's really keeping me grounded. I thought I knew a lot. And I got to the school and I like right away, I was like, man, I don't really know a lot. I thought I did, but it opened up my eyes like, man, there's so much more. Like it's the iceberg, 
right? It's like, I saw this, but then there's like all of this underneath. Right, right yeah. Um, so we had that. And then also just the students that trained there were like on the whole, very just cool people to be around, you know, like I walked in and I didn't, I did I never felt like, oh man, I hate these people. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like, there were, you know, students that were more advanced and like very, you know, they were very skilled, but they were also very grounded as people. Like they were just cool to talk to. Uh, there were people that weren't as experienced, but they, they really respected the people that were above them. So they really, you know, they would come over and ask questions. They paid respect. Um, and then you had, you know, other, other types of people too, but everyone was there to like, to train and get better and also be a, you know, community. Like when we go out to lunch, sometimes we go get ice cream after dance class, you know, you have stuff like that happen. You have people that make plans on the weekends and it felt like a very, uh, just positive space to be a part of. And it, that's probably a big part of why I, I've been training there for about 20 years now. Um, and then, and then as a teacher trying to like reciprocate that and like create a good environment, just for, not just for the adults, but we, I teach kids too. And kids are, are challenging because you're sort of like shaping how they do everything like mentally and physically. So yet there's a lot of trust building, you know, you have to like with adults, adults usually come in and they're just like, they'll take it or leave it no matter what, at least for a little bit. And then they decide if they want to do it. But kids, like right away, you got to kind of figure out how to emotionally connect because um, they're all very different, right? right. It's, so it's, it's, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, so I was going to say, it's like the uh, speech your teacher gave back when you were like eight years old. Like he, right, he was trying to teach you like this is a, since you're so impressionable, this is the mindset that you're going to need to follow through with this. Yeah, for real. And and even then, like the like all the students were different. But when he gave that speech, everyone was like listening. Like, <laughs> so, so I think about things like that. And when I talk to the kids, it's like some like today, for example, um, we have a lot of new students like right now, like a lot of new kids who are young. And I think part of it is like they're adults, they're adults, their parents want <laughs> They, they're like, hey, we want you to do something. We, it's a new activity. But at the same time, they look at martial arts and they're like, yo, this is going to kind of help snap some of you into shape. And like some of them are, you know, they're a little emotionally like needy, I'll say, you know, like when they're tired, they're like, I don't want to do it anymore, you know, like, and I expect it. But at the, at the same time, I'm like, I'm not going to be dishonest with them. I'm like, you know, this is the Taekwondo school. Like, it's not. It's not the playground. It's not your bedroom. It's like you come here to get better at this, this martial art. And I have to teach, like, there's 20 of you, one of me, I have to teach all of you. So like, if one of you is kind of slowing us down with kind of like a, you know, a, not a great attitude, everyone else loses because of that. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. It's like, like just having those talks with them in a very like honest way, just say what needs to be said. And sometimes they're not, you know, they're like, well, screw that. You know, I'm still going to be kind of obnoxious today. And it's like, all right, well, over time, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. You know, we'll see if this is for you or maybe it's not for you, but I'd say more times than not, as long as you're honest with kids, they like eventually start to recognize like, Hmm, it's not all about me. It's like, you know, like they, they, you learn good life lessons from that, that, 
help you as you become older. So, you know, that's, that's the Taekwondo part of the question, but I'll let you guys, if you, I don't know if you want to. Oh, I was going to say, like, yeah, I, I mean, I just having, you know, some days when I go to your dance class, like I'm not feeling it, but like just to keep up with it, I, I go and I just know on those days I'm like, yeah, I'll just like kind of focus. I like, I won't push myself as hard, but I'm not going to ever try to slow down the rest of the class, especially right. You know, and especially, and always, even if I'm not feeling it, at least try to put on a good face for, especially on the Thursday class, with the beginners. So like, you know, everyone's really pumped and excited. Yeah, dude, that's, I mean, you have just good intrinsic values that help you be a good community member, you know? So <laughs> like with dance, it's like, it's the same. It's, you know, dance, especially because it's more of a social activity. Um, like the idea of training martial arts can be social in the sense that you, it's, it's almost like a team sport. It's like, man, we all have to do this exercise and I, I just, I want to keep up. But with dance, it can literally be social. It's like you do it to like spend time with people and exchange with them. And sometimes it leads to, to more beyond the dance. Like you develop relationships with people that you want to see. And um, the fact that, you know, like you kind of see like how I, I say it sometimes. I'm like, everyone brings a certain energy into a classroom or into any space that whether they accept this or not, or whether they realize it, that energy rubs off on people. Yeah. So yeah. If you come into a space and you're, you're, you know, maybe like a model citizen, but your facial expression is like, <laughs> you just look sour. It's like the people around you are going to be like, you know, a little on edge, you know, like, like the little things like that. And then behaviorally when people have like, I don't want to say poor behavior, but you know what I mean? Like sometimes people will like do things or say things that just make people feel a little like, Ooh, like that person's going through something right now. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's like, like, like adults, sometimes they, 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 they've had certain experience where they get to a certain age and they're like, well, I've earned my right to kind of like say what I feel, you know? <laughs> Kids do that, but then they're told right away. They're, it's like, yo, like, know your role. <laughs> but with adults, sometimes adults, like, don't like to be checked like that. So I just, you know, I, I, try, to, I try to lead by example. It's like, I come in, I, I have my, my agenda, I make my agenda clear, and then I try to adapt to people who are trying to understand my agenda. And I don't bring my outside stuff in, you know, if I... If I uh, missed a, like a credit card payment or no, let, let's say uh, my credit card bill came and it was really expensive. And I'm like, God, how am I going to pay that? I'm not going to bring that energy into class because no one else cares. Like no one else needs to know about it. But people will bring stuff with them, like relationship stuff, work stuff. Uh, like you said, Tyler, and it's, it's nothing against like you're like, sometimes I'm just not feeling it. You know, I'm just not, like I'm going and. But the fact that you can navigate the space and not make it about you, you know, like if, if, if I, if we were in class and I'm doing something, I see you're kind of like, you know, doing your thing. I'm like, Hey, Tyler, like, try it this way. You could choose to be like, you know, Sean, I, I don't have the energy today. All right. Just like, leave me alone. Like the fact that you could probably take that and be like, okay, you know, and then you, you do what you need to do with it without making a scene that's really valuable as like a, like for me as a teacher, like to have a student like you be able to do that. Not everyone does that. Um, so I just try through, you know, consistency. It's like 
trying to create a nice space where people feel like they can come in, they can learn something. It's okay to mess up. Uh, and there's all, there's something beyond the class too. It's like, there's other stuff you can do with this beyond just this. If you want to pursue it, if you want to just take class, that's cool. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like force you to do anything you don't want to, but I think as a T, especially with, uh, you know, street club dances like this, it's important to know, like the classroom is, ob is, is not where the stuff was born um it was born in very very different space yeah people with very different lifestyles were doing it in ways that are very different than we're learning it but if this is how you start to learn great if you enjoy it great just know there's something beyond it that is also worth pursuing if you want to learn more about it it's a culture you know the, the every culture has its things where you're like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want to if you want to learn about it like you got you gotta you gotta do it if you want to be about it um so and for some people like that's the it's the club it's like for you tyler like you're like yo i want to go to the club that looks that's that's fun but some people are really like oh man i, I don't want to run into people that are that i don't know or maybe they're gonna say something or maybe i don't like the music they get in their head about it you know, like all these, all these preconceived things like, uh, but if you just kind of go in with an open mind and, you know, as long as you feel safe, you know, uh, you're going to get a lot out of it. Well, I think that's also a credit to you as a teacher though, because I, I remember the first, I remember originally like, right. Mike and I, my, um, for context, Mike's another student of Sean's uh, in the dance studio. Um, yeah. Mike and I, you know, when you first started talking about the club events, Mike and I originally were like, well, I'll go if you go, right? And it's the fact that we had this yeah. healthy community that made me take that jump from going to, from just out of class into the club scene. So I think it's, honestly, that's really a credit to the culture that you've, um, that you've created in your classes and stuff like that. Cause I, I could easily see it. Like if I, in a lot of other dance classes, I don't know if I would have taken the leap to going to like the club and exploring that avenue. Cause it is really intimidating. Mm. Yeah. To like show up and then like try to get down in front of people you don't know. That's, yeah. that's very vulnerable. It's a vulnerable space. Um, some people are really good at letting themselves be vulnerable that they can walk in and just do whatever. And they don't think two things about it, but a lot of us, you know, especially uh, the, the, the region that we live in, in Cambridge, you guys being from MIT, you're used to being under like pressure, like lots of pressure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a lot of consequences if you don't live up to the pressure. You know, if you if you let the pressure, you know, do this to you, like literally, like there's consequences to that. And I think through experience like that, it's easy to take that mindset to things like dance and be like, oh God, like if I make any mistake, I'm gonna get squished right but that's that's my big thing with dance is like i want it i think i used to feel like that with a lot of things and then when i met the right people um i i saw how many different sides to it there were and how many different ways there were to approach it it's like it's not a one size fits all it's you know there's many different things that you can get from this and if you don't get it this one way you know, there's, there's other ways that you can, you can enjoy it. And sometimes that's a class thing. It's like people can come to my class and I don't think my teaching style is for everybody. 
You know, there's people that come in and they're probably like, uh, I, I want something different. You know, like, I don't want to just do like foundation and I want something different. Cool. So sometimes like just taking my class might be like, huh, I want something else, you know, and it helps people, you know, go in another direction. Um, and then some people come in and they think that it's like the opposite. They're like, man, I was expecting to be like terrified of this class because it was so new. I didn't know anything about house. I didn't know these people. And then they come out and they're like, but I feel like rejuvenated because it's such a, like a positive atmosphere. At least I try to create it like that. Um, but it's, you know, everyone has different experiences. I have to be, you know, aware of that and not like try to force it. But the people that, that have been on the journey with me, they, they seem to really have gotten a lot out of it. So I appreciate the, the kind words. So to elaborate on this a bit more, uh, you teach specifically house dance. You've been doing specifically like EDM house dance. Uh, there's a lot of types of dances, like ballroom dance, tap dance, um, b-boying. What led you to take the specific dance route that you've taken? Mm, that's a really good question. So I like when I started dancing, I didn't really have any like particular focus. I was just learning choreographed routines that might have been like inspired by certain styles but ultimately I was I was like yo if, if this group is dancing to this music that I like I'm gonna I want to learn what the dance is <clears throat> excuse me and then when I graduated I uh I met my first uh I guess like dance mentor his name was Ricardo Foster Jr. Um, and he still lives in this area he, th he teaches over at the funk phenomenon dance complex in Everett uh, and he, he was actually somewhat and still is like a, like a dance prodigy. Like he could learn all of it and he had really good teachers, hard teachers that like, you know, made him really be honest about like what he was like, yo, if you want to be good, you got to like, you got to go in. So he learned so much and he, he has a really strong, uh, street dance background, like hip hop. Uh, he knew how to, he can pop, he does house locking. Um, he was actually a very big kind of, uh, figure in the crump community when crump was starting to become more popular around here in the early to mid two thousands. Um, now it's very, actually, there's a lot of different crump communities, but he, he was like a jack of all trades as it came to dance. He was classically trained too. He could do ballet and all this stuff. So he was the first person to show me house. And when I started learning it, like, again, these are just kind of like what we learned, Tyler, just we learn it as the steps. Um, but he like, right, puts, yeah. yeah, he puts some like routines together for us. And the music was what really was like, <sighs> like when I heard like deep house music, like, like New York house music for the first time, I'm like, what the bleep is this? And it's like <laughs> that it's not everyone's going to have that response to it. But for me, that was my response. I was like, this music is great. I was actually not a big music person growing up. Um, and I felt weird about it because everyone in middle school and high school, like was always talking about like what bands they liked, what rappers they liked, whatever. And I never really had anything to like contribute to that conversation. But it wasn't to say that I didn't listen to music. I just didn't, I wasn't like invested in it. You know, like I would hear something and I'm like, this is cool. I like this. Um, but when I started hearing house music, I feel like that kind of like 
changed and I was, I wanted to really explore that space. And what helped me, what helped me really get into the, I guess the culture of house outside of just learning the dance, which Ricardo was my first teacher. Uh, there wasn't anyone teaching house in like a studio. This is just in our, our dance company that we worked in. It was just a little bit. I had to like go on YouTube and basically I was like, I want to learn more like house dance tutorials. You find some things and you know, that's a whole other rabbit hole I could get into, but basically you find some things. I started to teach myself what I, what I learned, but I didn't start to really like dance dance until I met a couple guys in Boston. Uh, their names are Sammy Sabuth and Steve Garcia who invited me to like, yo, you should, you should, you know some stuff. You should come to the club and dance with us. And I was like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> little apprehensive because they they if you saw these guys get down, like they know what they're doing and they they look good at whatever they're doing. So when I started going to dance with them with their experience, at first I was like, shit, I don't know. It was like the Taekwondo thing, like, I don't know anything. I thought I knew stuff, but I don't know I don't know what they're doing. Right. Um, and I spent more time around them and I started to like, you know, change my mindset about how to approach the dance and like what was actually important about it. And uh, the kind of going like just going back a step, I, you know, apart from the music, the movement of house felt like a, a smoother version of my Taekwondo. Like it was movements that I was like, I can do this move. And it feels really good and i don't have to get hit by somebody to like do it. <laughs> <laughs> so you know i it, the movement felt very like almost like second nature in a way um but at the same time i still i had to work on the qualities that made it smooth and that made it effortless i couldn't go into it like bah, 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 bah. you know i can use that to inspire my dance which i'm kind of that's kind of the journey I'm on right now is actually putting my Taekwondo inside of my, my house, which is, it's kind of like my own thing. Um, but then I was just, I was doing literally the steps I was shown and, but they felt good. So the movement felt good. The music felt good. And when I started going to the clubs, the, the vibe felt really good. I was like, Oh, like I see these same people every time I come out, I don't necessarily know who they are, but I can like get down with them and, and they're cool. So seeing the power that it had to, to bring people together house i would say out of like a lot of the you know the club styles of dance the street styles of dance is more of a communal type energy like people don't really go into the club space to like battle each other you might get people that are like you know they they're high level and they want to just kind of like throw down just to be like all right let's sure, see what yeah you, you know but it's it's more of an exchange it's like all right like i'm gonna give my best let me let me see what you got but it, it doesn't, you don't come out of it feeling like somebody won or somebody was better. It's just, you know, they experienced the music in that moment and they, they got to put on a show. Uh, so I, I think I liked that it wasn't a very, com I, it's a dance you could be competitive in if you wanted to be, but you don't have to be to like enjoy it. So yeah, all those things. No, that's fair. Because I remember before I found your class, I thought, I was going to do like hip hop and it was just so it was always choreographed and very rigid. And then when I went, ended up going to your class, it was very much like, okay, 
you know, I'm going to teach you a certain set of moves and this is the language we talk with, but now you're, you're free to express yourself with that language. You're not, you're, um, and then share ideas with it because like you were saying, you know, you're not necessarily going down, going to battle each other. You're, I'm going to show you something and then maybe you'll sync up with me or we'll, you know, do a bunch of the same moves together. Yeah. I think there's a lot of in what dance, what type of dance you choose to pursue says a lot about you like if you commit to it there's a lot that the style says because for me i actually really enjoyed doing ballroom dance and tap dance which both of those have you tap, it, tap yeah i do tap yeah. or it's been a while it's been a while but <laughs> I, I started in high school and i did it in college as well um but yeah like tap dance there is some freedom but you are very strictly on the rhythm you are you are the drum you uh, make the rhythm. Yeah, yeah, you make the rhythm. That's sick. Yeah. I, tap is, yeah. It, it's fun. I, I, I think it's underappreciated. Um, it's, some of the moves are really hard, um, but also some of the greats have been heavily influenced by tap. Like the Michael Jackson's The Moonwalk is influenced by a tap dance um, step. I forgot the name of it, but like there is uh if it's a, it's not a pullback um i know I what you mean because someone you know has what talked I mean. about that yeah yeah, yeah yeah um yeah. but yeah like you saying you you like the freedom of house uh is i i think that says a lot about who you are as a person yeah and honestly i think it's like even like you know my perspective has evolved and changed a little bit over time too. Cause initially when I was presented with it, it was actually structured. It was like, you know, the movements went together in a way that made sense. And I liked the, the flow of it. And then when I started to be more free, I was like, Oh man, it's like the iceberg again. Like yeah, I, was presented yeah. with, I was presented with this, but then when I saw what you could do, it was like, Holy cow, there's no limit. There's actually no limit. Like the fact that I'm trying to put, you know, my martial arts experience in it now, that's like a different iceberg. I'm like, oh man, now I got to explore that one. Um, and I just wanted to touch on something that Tyler said, where Ty you said, uh, you know, you wanted to try hip hop. And I guess like maybe the class you took just didn't, you know, it didn't work out. Like depending on the teacher, I think the teacher actually makes a big difference with whatever you're studying which is why like my taekwondo school if the teacher relationship wasn't as good as it was i might not have stayed there but the fact that it was i was like oh shoot i recognize it right away i'm like i can learn a lot from this guy and i think that's something that's helped me over time is like i can identify the right people to you know learn from the right people to be around and i can sense when it's not right like pretty quick you know like you can walk into a space yeah. and you're like it's like the record scratch like <laughs> yeah. but like if you if it feels right in that moment instincts are it's probably right then maybe over time who knows maybe it changes a little bit but like in the moment i think if you can identify the right energy for you that's really really critical skill that can help a lot. Yeah, uh, actually, directly on those lines, I, I think that it's very much a learned skill to be able to identify 
who to learn from because that is not always easy. No. Um, and we all develop our own heuristics to try and best guess who would be best for us to learn from. So I, I'm just curious with, with what you're doing, yeah. what, ty what type of things do you look at to try and identify uh, who is someone good to learn from? That's a, that's actually an excellent question. Um, and I think what helps me uh, determine that is the fact that I've had a lot of good teachers from when I was young. So that way I could formulate like, I don't like I don't know if I could like write out like bullet points like exactly what it is but like in the moment having had uh you know good mentors good relationships with teachers from when I was very young to to now um I would say as far as like dance goes the closer somebody is to like I don't want to say like the center but kind of like the the source material like house is a club a freestyle club dance so the people that spent a lot of time in that atmosphere when it was like coming up, when it was like becoming a thing, and then those people that started to create methods for teaching it effectively, some people create methods that aren't effective, some people do. Um, those people that created effective teaching methods over time, they kept the essence from where they came from, added their own methods in to like structure it, and communicated the importance of both of those things to their students. So if you don't know really what, if, if you don't have much experience with learning something like dance or like just movement mobility in general, you're gonna probably go with the first person that you find that um, their personality is a good fit. You know, that's like, oh, this person's nice. I like their teaching style. Cool, I'll, I'll learn it. But uh, I think over time you start to, you see the, the quality, quality in a teacher. Like you, if, uh, if you go to a class and like the teacher, you know, looks amazing and the students look like boo-boo chowder. <laughs> and that's, that's nothing, nothing against like beginners. Like beginners are obviously gonna be very far distance from the teacher. But if the beginners look like they have an idea of what they're following, what if their quality is not as good, then it's like, Oh, okay, this teacher knows how to communicate. Right? So communication is key, good communication. Um, the quality, like you look at, you know, kind of like the gradient of students, like, Oh, those are the advanced students, they look sharp, the beginner students, they might not look sharp, but they they're they're into it, right? They know what they're, they're doing. Um, so like, you look at the quality of the students too, over time. Uh, and then as far as like the, the teaching uh, curriculum or like what they teach, uh, I guess that's just, that's another reason why you want to kind of invest time into stuff like this is if you get, uh, if right away it feels good, but then you feel like, oh, it's just, I'm not really like, I don't see where I can evolve. Teachers that, teachers that give you the next steps to evolve, not necessarily like they're going too fast. Like, oh, we have to go here, here, here. But it's like, okay, we're doing this today, but this is going to lead to this up here. Right. When yeah. they create those bridges and you're like, oh, shoot. That's what like pulls you into want to learn more from them. Right. If it's like you, they give you this and it looks like this is it. It's like, 
I don't know if I'm going to go anywhere with this long term. But, you know, sometimes that's good. Sometimes, like, you realize you, you get to a certain point where you've, you've, you've gotten what you need. And then it's like, okay, now I'm going to find someone else that maybe it can take it to that next level. When you start, you don't necessarily know what goals you have. Like, I, I always hated it when people in when I was in college, they're like, yo, what are you going to do? you know, when you graduate and I'm like, fuck if I know, like, I <laughs> yeah, you know, um, and my mom was always like, not to, not to rag on my mom, but when I, you know, my wife now, like when we were dating, my mom's like, when are you going to marry her? When are you going to marry her? When are you going to marry her? And I'm like, I'm going to marry her just when I feel right. Like, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just don't know, but I think with the experience, you start to develop what you need from a teacher. Um, so it's like the things that I look for might not be like what you look for, but, um, I know what's good for me and that helps me, uh, learn the best I can. No, that's fair. Like, I think there's like definitely really big importance there and like identifying what you need to personally learn. Cause like, I think one of the personally, one of the things I've adopted as from my engineering background is I like to go back to first, it's called first principles, but basically the building blocks whenever I'm learning something new. And the reason I stuck with your class, Sean, was I remember it was exploration week at the dance complex. And th yeah. that's when I went to the hip hop class and Carl's party dance class. But in your class, since it was the uh, exploration week, you're like, we're going to clap and we're going to make sure everyone understands what like the beat is before we even start moving our feet. And I was like, okay, now I can actually. And like, you also taught us like how to count. I remember like, you're like, all right, here's in this set amount of time, we can break it into fourths, eighths. And then you're like, and after this, if you want, you can listen to music and try to count out different beats. And that kind of gave me a foundation where I can be like, okay, I can actually start building from this um, versus like, um, you know, I do like trial by fire, but that's only once I like have some yeah. background. I just can't go from like zero into trial by fire. If, if it was right off the bat, you'd be like, eee! yeah. <laughs> Can oh, I grab my charger really quick? I don't want my laptop to crap out. I'll be right yeah, back. Yeah, go, go yeah. ahead, go ahead. No worries. Yeah, yeah. So while, while he's going away, um, let's turn. Yep. No, it's all good. Um, so along these lines, uh, my mom's a teacher, and I, I think she's a pretty great teacher. Uh, one of the big things that I learned from her is how difficult it is. Like she's. She was a teacher for most grades throughout grade mm -hmm. school. And one of the things I learned from her is just how difficult it is to customize learning to all the different types of kids. Like there are so many different kids who learn in such different ways that trying to be a good teacher to everyone without doing some customization to the kids is just, you're not, you don't have a bad time. Like, mm -hmm the the more individual like either you take the approach of your teacher with this is my style and it's up to you the student to make sure you find someone who has a good style or you may it's up to the student to find a teacher who has the right style for them or in in public school you don't really have that choice so it's on the teacher to make sure that they customize teaching to the different needs of the students and that's hard like teaching takes a lot of skill and it is, it can be a challenge. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Um, one thing I think having been your teacher or not your, that your student for 
so long, Sean, has been like actually watching you change and uh, especially the beginner class of the approach you've taken like over time. Like I definitely remember when um, like when I first went, it was way it was more focused on the steps. And now like a lot of the beginner classes, you'll you'll have a start in a circle and focus on the energy and getting everyone into that good headspace even before we try to so people are willing to tackle what you're um, about to give them. Yeah, that's, and I, I mentioned earlier how like, you know, my mindset is, is always continuously kind of changing. And, you know, that came from like discussions with some of my, you know, mentors and, you know, big brothers, big sisters about, you know, what's important about the dance is the, is the vibe, you know, it's the energy. Like it, you can have all these steps, but if you're just in a room of people that are like, like, like the energy is just kind of like, Eh, like non-existent it's like why are we even doing this like why are we why are we like forcing ourselves to like learn all these things that excuse me if we uh don't really feel good doing it so yeah like putting people in a circle and just like sometimes like you have to do that with adults it's like all right we're gonna clap bah, bah, you know like and it's like everyone can <laughs> clap and you know probably some people off the bat are like hey, man, man. But like, if they see other people like enjoying themselves, it's like osmosis. Sometimes you need to be around people doing, I think that's what the best thing about like class versus when people learn, you know, from online sources, like online sources are good because you have the flexibility to learn when you like, but being around people and just like seeing how other people respond sometimes rubs off on you in a good way where you know, you have one person that's like, I'm just clapping. And the person next to them is like, bah, 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 ah, they're making faces. And then this person's like, oh, okay, I can have a little more fun with it. Cool. So it takes the idea away of, of this being kind of like a kid exercise. And it's like, all right, I'm gonna, this is productive for me. This is actually a good thing. Um, so yeah, building the energy, building the vibe is is like number one. And then once people have that enthusiasm, like, yo, let's go. Let's like, what's next? It's like, all right, here's some steps. Let's, you know, let's use them. Let's, and, and I actually got an email from a dude last week who he was taking the class for the first time. And he's like, yeah, the first like hour of the class, it was like a blast. And he's like, then I, I felt like I got lost when we were doing like the steps. And I'm like, yeah, man, this is your, A, your first dance class. B, it's like a genre that like no one isn't really teaching in this, in this region. So it's probably very new. And see, it's like, it's fast, you know, like it's, it, if it's new, it's going to be feel like really fast. So you had the experience that should be expected, you know, when, when it was like very loose, very kind of informal, like it was fun. Good. So then when you start to like really learn, that's when you have to kind of focus a little harder. And if you keep doing it, you're going to get somewhere. I told them about you guys, like there's people in the class that when they started, you know, they like left was right up was down. You know, like yeah. not everything was clicking, but they just, they found something that they liked in it that over time they made it work and they started to evolve, you know, over, over repetitions. So, you know, that's your choice. If you want to be on the journey, cool. If not, like, I'm glad you, you tried it. Uh, but I think he actually, the same guy signed up for this week's class. So, you know, hopefully, you know, maybe he starts getting on something. Yeah, I definitely can relate to him on that too. Cause I remember after the, that first class when you like taught us 
like how to count or the one I went to where we toss out a count. That's why I focused on and then like a couple of classes after the, after I listened to enough music counting and I felt comfortable with that. I was like, I'm going to focus on like getting good at one of the steps. And I remember I was like, I think Sean taught us pas de beret. I can't spell that. So I can't look it up. I'm just going <laughs> right. to try to like recreate it on my own. And I wasn't good at it at first, but now it's like, that's like bread and butter. So it takes that time to get up to it. When I first learned uh, not even learn when when someone first showed me what loose legs was I had absolutely no idea what was going on and now it's my best step right it's the one that I feel the most comfortable in it's the one I have a lot of just like variety in but when I first saw it the brain body was completely like pew the two ships passed <laughs> but when I had the time to just kind of sit down and work on it myself, like I found, I think probably like one of Jardy's tutorials, uh, Jardy Santiago was, uh, he's a dancer on the West coast who, uh, I, I found a lot of his online resources when I was first looking up stuff. And a lot of people around the world have had the same kind of, you know, experience with that. So he was actually a really instrumental person in my, my upbringing. But when I, when he broke it down, and I was able to just spend time with it. I found my, like my groove in it. I felt, oh, this is how, like, I just keep doing it. I don't know what I was doing before, but whatever is happening now, it's working. So sometimes you need that time. And then I guess another point I wanted to touch on was uh, going just back to the to the clapping and people thinking it's child, or like they, they can think it's child. No, no one's ever like come out and said that, but I can tell. You know, I know. From like facial like uh. <laughs> well it's just fine though because like now when i go to like your advanced classes the hardest thing you ever have us do is dance and clap at the same time like it is brutal like it's like oh he's like so it's like yeah we're not gonna do any hard moves we're just gonna clap during it i'm like i'm gonna have a bad time i need to do this but it's gonna be such a pain yeah it's polyrhythms <laughs> like body's doing one thing hands are doing something else and that can be that can break somebody's day man like that. <laughs> that can... and, and, and to clarify for those who aren't familiar polyrhythms are you doing two different beats at the same time so like yeah. one two three one two three one two one two and then together it's like yeah it's a and it's it's like how how drummers learn how to drum yeah it, it's it's a hard skill to learn i actually one of my cousins uh, has been doing music for his entire life and um, basically had exercises combining basically any number you could think of, <laughs> like two, three, three, five, seven, nine, crazy. You know, like that's what's up. That's like, I mean, that's the, actually the kind of stuff though, like that, like I would love to like meet him at some point and just like, give me your drills man <laughs> like if dancers approach dance like musicians approach music i think dancers would actually be like way better than they than they are now a lot of the and i, I think that's the reason a lot of the older generations of street dancers uh they were a lot of them were martial artists a lot of them were musicians so they like understood movement beyond what they were doing and they understood the music beyond what they just heard when they were listening to their favorite songs. Like they, they could like break all that stuff down and bring it back. Like you just said, you know, all the different permutations and computations 
until it's like they were just masters of their body and their mind. Yeah. The music and the and the movement. They mastered it. So like you see people in their fifties now, some of these guys from New York and, and you know, some other countries too, they do things that nobody else does. And it's like, man, what there's so many like young dancers that are like very talented. They have a lot of skill, but that that musical thing that you know Brian Green does or you know like DJG like one of my teachers um like it looks so simple but it's not it's like I can't wrap my head around it but I could learn that fancy move that that guy's doing I could learn it if I practiced enough but the conceptual music stuff mm, crazy yeah actually directly on those lines um when I was in high school doing musical theater for the first time, I didn't know anything about dancing or singing. Uh, I, I used to be tone deaf, better now. <laughs> um, but I did play instruments. I, I played guitar and bass and I, I knew my rhythms. And there was, in The Music Man, there is one song that go, that is 10, 10, eight, 10, four, or 10, four. It, it's, it's 10 beats rather than four beats. Yeah. And, most dancers, the we had a choreographer who was also in high school, and she was really she's a great choreographer, but she was only used to dancing and making uh, dances in four four. So she yeah. didn't even. Most people are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, 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 no, no, it's it's the standard beat, and for those who aren't familiar, it's like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, or anything like that. Whereas Shapoopy, 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 the girl that's hard to get, that's 10, that's 10 right there. So she was trying to write a dance for that part and kept on getting tripped up. Like, why is this not, why am I on the wrong step? You know, this doesn't feel lost. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it, it's, to me, who wasn't a dancer but was a musician, I was I was confused why she was confused, and she was confused why I was confused, and right. eventually we talked through the uh, confusion. But it, it was it's really interesting to see just the different ways that different people from different backgrounds learn effectively the same thing, approach the same thing. That's huge, and. But uh, oh, sorry. Go, I'll let you finish. Sorry. I, I was just going to say it's funny because like having I played clarinet growing up and now I've decided to stop being a masochist and learn saxophone because it's way better. <laughs> but like even though I play jazz clarinet and I have a music background like you, Jordan, I loathe playing out of 4-4. Like I, like, I, I, like I understood it, but it was just never a skill I flexed because I was like, let's just go play the 4 music or the 4-3. Nothing like anything like super crazy. Four, four, three, four, yeah. Yeah, Tyler, it's like when I'm like, all right, guys, we're in the kick. And now <laughs> we are in the hi-hat. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's being off half a beat is probably the bane of my existence. <laughs> it feels so gross. It feels so gross when you're like, I, I can't get it. Like, like you're just looking for it. But um yeah, I mean it's it's like any like you said like I like the four four and I can do the other stuff, but it's just ugh, that that's you know it, it shows you how deep the stuff can go and the fact that the first people to teach hip hop, the first people to teach house like effect like in studios, were 
excuse me, were were African American who whose experience and culture is deeply rooted in complex rhythms. You know, African dance, like dance from South America, dances from the, the Caribbean, um, all those da- like you can't. This is one thing that Brian Green, who's you know very high level dancer in in house and in a, a bunch of things, tap. Uh, he said like you could not, and this is probably what was told to him by his teachers. You could not dedicate your life to learning African dance and learn all of it. There's so much that you couldn't learn all of it, which is crazy to like think about because. I think a lot of times, especially for younger folks in America that that start to dance, you know, especially in like street dances, they're like, oh, yeah, there's there's hip hop, there's popping and locking and house and breaking and crump. And, you know, I miss I'm missing some. But like there's basically this to their eyes, there's this kind of finite number of dances that are worth pursuing that are in this umbrella. But like outside of that, it's like this is like point oh 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 one percent of all the dances it's just those dances are super visible in like the mainstream so like whenever anyone says the word hip-hop there is no one on the planet that goes what's like that's a new word to me like like everyone's heard it you know it's like lebron james everyone knows of lebron james you know but there's a bunch of other basketball players you know besides him uh before him during like uh, the stuff that's most visible, sometimes we just convince ourselves like that's what's most important. But all the, there's these other things that have that inform them, like tap. You said tap, Jordan. Tap informs so many things that have come after it. But sometimes tap doesn't really get its due because, you know, we don't we don't see necessarily tap in its most beautiful form all the time, or like we don't understand it. You know. I've seen people that do tap that it's like, I think they're good, but there's not like, like, there's not a connection. And then I'll see people that like, there is a connection where I'm like, oh, shoot, they're like really pulling me in. And then it's like, oh, man, I res- I kind of, I see what's going on. I respect it. But if there's not that connection initially, it feels kind of like, eh, all right. Well, it's something that I think is difficult with Honestly, any kind of performing art and the evolution of arts over time is being culturally relevant. Like having <laughs> having a, having appeal outside of just the core group. Like, so I, I would I have my my biggest passion that was most consistent throughout my life was music, and the people who were writing music in the early 1900s um, in the classical, in the Western classical scene uh, went in very, very weird directions that I think are very interesting, um, but uh, were very, very off-putting to everyone else. And as the classical composers went in that direction, pop music, rock music, jazz, those came to the forefront and those started becoming the the major types of music that people listen to so like with, with dance like tap dance it a couple decades ago it was huge but now there have been so many things that have evolved from it that are a lot more uh culturally um relevant now 
that like it, it's just interesting to see how much overall cultural optics play into what dances are mainstream and not yeah and like what's taught like what people want to teach you know that's why like hip-hop like you you have classes called like titled hip-hop all over the place because that's the the term that people like hip-hop is that cool avant-garde like hip thing to do you know um but then you know tyler was talking about like probably some of the classes that you took you know weren't actually that and that goes also back to the question that jordan asked about like you know how do you know what teachers to learn from and i think sometimes you have to go that can be part of the journey is learning who not to learn from like you have to kind of go through that and and some like sometimes it feels rough because it's if you learn from somebody that initially is like yeah this is good and then later you find out like oh man like the stuff they were telling me wasn't actually like that valid but you learn if you want to learn from that it's like okay now i gotta have like i gotta like know the background of some of this stuff i have to actually do a little bit of homework on my own to maybe come into it like all right i heard the basics of you know the basics of house like uh i've heard about the jack i've heard about footwork i've heard about um you know floor work i've heard about these things so if i'm teaching something that is completely not even re closely remotely related to that stuff you can be like is this is this did i sign up for the right class did i come into you know something completely different or is this is this house and i tell my student like i'll tell students like it's okay to ask teachers questions in like a respectful way if you literally are not sure that they're right you know like you're like i know people will ask me questions that are like oh you know like you said this but i like i thought this and it actually sometimes makes me think about it like hmm that's actually a good perspective but then i can say okay this is my experience with this and if i can't answer the question i'll be like ask this person this person can answer it but sometimes i think you'll you'll have i actually heard about uh i don't know the name but like there was somebody that was teaching a uh like a locking class uh like a funk dance in um in new york and someone who was like a, like an OG locker who was like doing it for a long time went to the class and basically, I'll just say this, the person that was teaching that class doesn't teach locking anymore. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. But like you have to like, if you're teaching something like that in New York, you know, or well, I mean, locking came from the West Coast, but like New York is looked at as like, you know, street dance Mecca uh, in the US. If you're teaching something like that in New York, you have to be on your A++ game at all times because you never know when someone who's like this level just comes into your space. Because it, it's, it, it's very, it's like, it's like COVID in April, 2020. It's like, you never know when someone, is coming into your space you got yeah. <laughs> now it's maybe not as crazy but then like we were all like yo you got to be on guard and it's not to say that if you live elsewhere like you don't have to be on guard but like for me personally like i i wouldn't teach i wouldn't teach house if i didn't think i had something to contribute and 
like a lot of my teachers who, you know, I, I pay a lot of respect to, they've given me like their, their blessing, like, like, yeah, you like, you know, we have maybe more experience than you, but like what, like, I, like, we see what you're doing and like what you say, like, it's good, like, do it, like, keep doing it, keep, keep the same approach. So the fact that I can have people that, you know, are African American people that, you know, might say like they, like, they have a little ownership over the dance, you know, that they started to teach that are saying like, Sean, you're doing cool. Like, for me, that's like huge. Because otherwise, I, I would quite I would question my I still question myself sometimes like, Oh, could I be doing this better or whatever. But like the fact that they've given me like the little, you know, pat on the back is like, you're on the you know, you're on the right path. Because I have to remember a lot of them were actually like 20. When they probably started to teach like early 20s. And no one in their early 20s knows exactly what they're doing yet. They might be good at what they're doing, but they might not really understand it until like 10, yeah. 20 years later. They've had that time to kind of be like, oh, shoot, the way I was doing that back when I was 20, I can't do that anymore. Like, I just, it, it doesn't work. This way is better that I've learned over time, you know? And then with teaching, it's the same. Like, I'm going to, Tyler, like, probably in 10 years, uh, I'll say like five to 10 years, I'll probably get where I need to teaching wise. I'll be like, okay, now I've got everything how I want to teach it. Some things I think I have close to it now, but I think over time I'm going to find like, okay, if I want to teach this group, this is what I need to give them. This group, this is what I'm going to, this is what I need to give them. But sometimes you have to just go through the, the trial and error of like, teaching something or showing something and it's like okay well that didn't go well <laughs> and then next time you do it you're like okay now i'm prepared now i am a better i'm gonna be better at communicating this and i think a lot of those guys like a lot of those teachers that are like super you know high level and like in demand all over the world when they started teaching they were also in demand because no one else was teaching it but they probably didn't know anywhere close to what they're teaching now, then like how to communicate it well enough, but it takes time. No, that's fair. And I think, um, one really strong or really valuable point that, um, and what you're saying there, not just from like, as you, as a teacher, like the trial and error that has to go into it, or also just a student starting off in America, there's like a lot of pressure that like you always have to like return results. Like if you're in the workplace, you have a certain deadline, so there's always like this pressure if you're going to like learn something new or if you're teaching, you have to do it right, right away. And there's never, people don't give them themselves enough grace to be like, it takes time to learn that if you do something wrong, but you don't do it again, that was a valuable experience. And that is like very undershadowed, especially like coming from like a research background, publishing, you can't, even though you should, you can't write a dissertation about proving something wrong. You have to like do something new, but it's the mistakes are really valuable and that the ability to iterate and actually be like, you know, the recognize that like I'm doing what I am doing now and I'm going to, to take these experiences and reflect and then be five, 10 years now where I want to be. I think that's really like super valuable. Yeah. And you talk about, you know, people being hard on themselves in America. You look at a lot of the, like I'll use dance as an example, dance students in East Asia, like there is this insane amount of like just the need to be like the top or or conforming to like what 
the vision of something is. So like, you know how I, and Tyler, um, I say in my class, like, try not to look like me. Yep. All the time. <laughs> all the time. Like every class, I probably say that in, you know, like if you go to like class in Japan, they're not necessarily saying look like me. The teacher's not saying look like me, but just the roots of their culture, everyone's trying to look like the teacher, like period. Like that's, that's it. It's the, it's the conforming and that's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. So, you know, we, we, we have that here, like the kind of like fear of failure or just like fear of being judged maybe, but like it is so culturally embedded in some other places that like, that's how they learn. Th at the same time, they're incredibly disciplined. I would actually say that U.S. discipline wise for like artistic stuff, like, you know, dance are actually behind a lot of other places because we, we have it, like we just have it everywhere. So it's easy to take for granted. Um, but the other places, because they're already like, they were a little behind, they knew they had to work harder to catch up. You know, it's kind of like, like I said, what is it? This person versus this person, this person might get it right away really fast, but this person that puts the work in over time, they might overshadow this person, you know, and then you, and you see stuff like that with people in Europe, people in, in, you know, East Asian countries, they just take that that discipline aspect of their training and they, they go to the moon with it. It's crazy. Um, actually on those lines, touching back on martial arts as well, I, I forgot his name, but there's some Muay Thai guy who I think it's like Sancho or like, it's, it's not bother me, but, um, there he there there's a lot of discipline that he brings to the table and also in the fights that i've seen of his he uh it, it's done but I, i'm gonna look up his name uh because i, I want to remember this he's a, uh, he's a professional fighter he professional muay thai fighter who i i don't know if he lost he might have lost like one or two matches but he um he he is competed for a very long time i think he he might be retired now, but he he is also a really great sport. Like he makes really entertaining. Um, he he does real entertaining performances. But it, it's just it's interesting different cultures approach to honestly everything. Every, everything. Yeah. yeah. Um, dance and martial arts. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like and, and I'll I'll kind of link uh martial arts to like boxing like you think of uh muhammad ali yep like he was like he was like the ultimate performer because he you know you couldn't really touch him in the ring and then off camera he was actually very uh heavily influenced by like the like pro wrestling in the sense like pro wrestling they would have like their interviews they'd do their like their their um promos and he created like this character for himself. He's like, I, I wish I could like drop some Muhammad Ali quotes off the top of my head. I just can't think of any right now, but every, anything that you would ever read that you heard that he said, you're like, you're allowed to like say that to like a dude that you're going to fight in like a boxing ring. Like, <laughs> like, the amount of shit that that man talked, it was like, it was amazing, you know? And they, and he could back it up. Yep. Back it up. He was so confident. 
uh but yeah like different different places like they approached that stuff uh differently some some people are very stoic you know it's like you like the ice man like you can't you can't break through that and then when they get into the ring it's all business you know like you're like oh man i didn't realize like that person gave nothing like the poker face was was legit and then they go off and then some people they talk a big game and then they get smoked yeah yep it's always like when that happens it's always like uh, karma you know karma always catches up <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah um also name is i'm gonna butcher this terribly uh saying chai uh s-a-e-n-c-h-a-i highly recommend looking up like clips of him fighting he is awesome um yeah really cool uh but on a on a, another different note uh very early on in our conversation today we you talked about part of what kept you in um in biotech and keeping you from leaving your job was the security and the sense of stability um and no need for any specific numbers but like what you're making now compared to what you were making just in biotech what is like the approximate difference in in what you're making lifestyle all that jazz that's a, that's a good question um so it's i'll say like at the moment um i'm making probably less than i was two years ago because just limited opportunities to teach at the moment even though we're kind of like ramping back up which is cool i hope I hope it goes, keeps going in that direction, but I'll say like my first year, like hundred percent, uh, teaching, um, was actually not super far off from like what I was making when I left biotech, Yeah. but I really like put myself out there to like, try to get as much out of it as I could. Um, and what helped me do that was I was hip to, you know, I, I had some mentoring from some business coaches to be able to create multiple streams of, of income. And, you know, I had my teaching, uh, like my dance classes, my weekly dance classes. Uh, I was open to doing like, you know, one-offs, like some workshops and part of like being a, like a teacher, especially in this area is um, knowing like your, your, I guess, like time to output value. It's like, it's like, okay, if I go teach this type of class, like for this amount of time, like I kind of have to make this amount of money for it to be worth my time. Because if I could spend this time elsewhere doing something maybe easier and I can make the same or more money, like I'm probably going to just, I'm going to pick that most of the time. So knowing like what your value is and also just knowing what the what kind of uh um uh opportunities certain experiences can lead to because sometimes you might take a job that's maybe doesn't pay the best but you see the opportunity for it to lead to other things and as like a you know if you have a business mind it's like sometimes you got to take that if you do that too much yeah you leave a lot of money on the table um when you could have probably been doing something a little bit more intelligent with your time, but you got like, that's another thing is like over time, you kind of pick and choose like this, this seems like a good one. This one, I can put it on the table. So 
Yeah, initially it was kind of like I didn't feel like, oh shit, I made a bad decision to do this. What I did realize, I was I said, if I want to make this kind of money, I really have to work hard and I have to be very consistent with just everything, you know, like my my performance. So I had to like I had to keep myself healthy and and still learning because it's really easy for this stuff to stagnate. I've seen so many teachers over the years that like they're hot for a year and then they just stop teaching or they go do something else, which is fine. You know, maybe they decided they want to change careers, but I think as far as like, if you want longevity in something like this, you got to have like a longevity focused uh, mind that's willing to adapt to the climates. And with COVID, you know, Tyler knows this is like right away. It was like middle of March last year. They're like, Hey, the whole world shut down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, I have to continue to teach somehow. So I just was like, I don't know how this is going to work, but I'm going to jump on YouTube live and I'm, I'm going to teach classes like this. And then eventually it turned into this zoom. And it was crazy how consistent, like attendance was in these classes. They, I wouldn't say they were like monstrously massive, but I had like the same people coming in week after week, sometimes multiple times in a week that really not just benefited from the dance, but in like the lifestyle midway through last year, there was nothing going on. So they needed something spiritually uplifting, emotionally uplifting. And if, if house dance was that thing, you know, I made a lot of new students out of it too. People that are, are like new to completely new to house. And they're like, yo, I want to keep doing it. So uh, being able to adapt to the, the, the climates, you know, uh, social media is a big thing, you know, like I, I love Instagram, but I don't think Instagram is going to be the biggest thing in like a few years. So I have to be open to maybe biting my knuckles and going on TikTok at some point. Like, <laughs> but I see like how useful it is. Like some da like dance teachers are making good use of it now to like make, you know, interesting videos, um, communicate good information. Uh, so you got to be open to stuff like that, even if it feels like a trendy thing, like everything changes over time, you know, even in, like Instagram initially, I was like, this, it just seems like we're sharing pictures and, blah, blah. but eventually it became very good for, sh for like posting videos of like, con like useful content. So I actually, a lot my, like probably my most popular stuff on Instagram is stuff where I do, you know, short instructional things where people are like, oh shit, like this is something I want to like come back to later. They'll save it or they'll share it. They'll like, you know, comment on it. They'll engage with it. And I'm like, Oh, that's good. I got to keep that in mind. Like this is the stuff, like people don't want to see selfies of me in the shower. Like they want, they want me to teach them something, you know, like, <laughs> I have to be aware of like that. Um, unless I can make some good money on what it like only fans or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, have to, I have to, I have to like weigh that option, but, um, yeah, as far as just, you know, constantly evolving climates, you got to kind of keep your, your ears and eyes open, uh, and just be like, like, like learning and dance. Like you got to learn your, your surroundings and like how you can best promote yourself and put your, your best self out there, uh, without sounding too businessy. That's, that can be yeah. tough. That can be tough. Cause you, cause you know, if you, if this is your career and you're making money off of it, you know, you can't not 
have some type of financial tie right. to, but like being over, like that's something that you learn is, you know, like you come at it with good intentions, with good energy and people will understand like, yeah, this is, this is a quality thing. I, I buy into it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a constantly evolving process. Yeah. And I would say like, like very recently, like it's been even hard to sign up for your classes because you have yeah. that group from Instagram just rolling through every week, right? Like, yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned him. Um, this is dude named Leo who he has a, uh, like he's kind of building up his own website platform called Alohub. It's like Aloha hub, Alohub, where he has different experiences that you can do in Boston, like different activities that people can go onto this very, very user-friendly website you can find things really easily. He does like a really good job of like putting up photos and descriptions of things and people turn up to these things on mass, you know, like you saw it, like there was like Jordan, there was a week yep. uh, a month ago where I got this message from this dude. He's like, Hey, I saw your class. I was wondering if I could bring some friends. And usually when someone says that they mean like, I want to bring like a friend, you know, or two friends. I was like, yeah, dude, like, here's the link dude signs up 10 people. 10 people and i'm like shit like my class can only have like 15 people what the fuck <laughs> so I, I i actually like i had to like message like tyler i'm like dude dude there's like one yeah. spot left like you got to take it now or someone i don't know like someone and tyler's like oh <laughs> but it's like, a, it's like a good problem, right? Like people are starting to kind of come back into their routines and they want like good fun things to do. So the fact that he saw my stuff and thought it was cool and, so, and a lot of the people that he linked to it, like some of them are coming back regularly now. Like that's, that's really cool to see. So. No. And then, um, oh shoot. uh, the other thing I wanted to, to just go back a little bit to talking about, um, staying fresh um and like you know being ready for like uh pivots and stuff like that i well i meant um like one thing i know you did um was you tried to especially when you're starting out with your downtime make sure there was online content and so i guess like two questions i had for you were the first one being like how do you create new content like you know and then the second one is like staying fresh is like being like an expert like how do you how do you go about learning or those are two questions I was curious about. Yeah. So I'll actually, as far as like learn, I'll do the learning question first and always being able to like be able to go back to my teachers and just consult when I need, like the, the beautiful thing about last year, if there wasn't a lot of beautiful stuff about it was everyone all of a sudden became connected through zoom, like instantly. It's like I could I could literally sign off of this and like go into a Zoom room with someone from like the Ukraine and Brazil and California, like all in the same space. And we could, you know, spend hours communicating different things to each other. So something from last year, like that happened last year and it made it like, wow, information is really readily available now where you can't really, you don't really have the excuse. Like if you don't know something, it's like, yo, there's like an expert over there that you can just hit up and maybe you have to pay them like a class fee to do it, but it's there. Um, so like learning, I, I 
again, like I, I'm blessed to have really good teachers that can all can still teach me new things constantly. Um, but also experiences are good teachers. And I, I, I think the big thing with, with this coming year is like getting back to some traveling and like visiting different communities elsewhere. You always like take away new, uh, you know, lessons from visiting places, even when it's like doing stuff that it's like, okay, I do this thing and I'm going to this place to experience how these people do the same thing. We talked about culture. There's always going to be different things about the, the way that culture does things. We were like, huh, I didn't realize you could do it like that. Or, or even it's like, you just see different energy, different approaches. You're like, wow, that's, that's very valuable for me to like take back and like ruminate on. Um, so just having the people and the experiences to tap into, uh, will always keep you learning, right? No matter what. Um, and just looking for those things as you get old, like, as you get older, like, you know, they're there. It's just a matter of what you want to put your time towards. Um, and then what was the first question again, Tyler? I apologize. Uh, no, no, no worries. The first question was like, you know, especially I know that first year you had like obviously downtime with stuff and then you went and created like a bunch of online content that ended up being really advantageous at the beginning of COVID when everything went online. And so the other question was, how did you go about like creating new content? How did you, what made you motivated to do that? Uh, I'd say the big motivator was I all of a sudden had a lot of free time to create <laughs> <laughs> to do something. Um, yeah. But it was like, it was like, man, like, I'm not going to be teaching as much. But I feel like I have a lot of good information that I can put out there. And I, I think there's a market for it. So as far as like how I created, like I, I did, I created a beginner, like house guide uh, that I, I was, I wanted to be very careful. And I had like some conversations with some of my elders about just how to like phrase it, because there's a lot of material from like the older generation of dancers that's online that's like readily available that if i was to like put something out that sounded like it was named similarly to that people could look at that and be like oh who's this who's this younger guy doing this so i actually had some conversations and and i was like all right i'm gonna call this uh you know absolute beginner uh house handbook um just basic steps literally stuff that you can just learn in your living room. And there's way more to this stuff than these steps, but this is just a good starting point where they're all in one place, one online platform. So that was the idea. And then like how I made it, you can do a lot with an iPhone and a tripod. <laughs> yep. um, so like the nice thing was with, again, I say nice thing with, with COVID, like when we started to kind of hide in our houses, it was the spring. So the weather outside was decent. And I was like, huh, like the, the lighting outside is pretty good in my backyard. I've got some open space. Uh, it's actually not a yard, but like back patio. And I can set up my camera in the middle of the day when, you know, not much is happening. There's not a lot of noise outside. And I can film myself just doing, doing these breakdown videos. And uh, the hard, I'd say the most challenging part was just packaging it into a like a nice looking thing on my website so that it looked like, okay, I can follow this pretty well. Um, this guy sounds like he knows what he's talking about. I actually had to like record my, <laughs> I didn't want to talk outside uh, because the, the sound quality wasn't so good. So I actually ended up, I probably could have thought about this more in advance, watching each video 
like back on my computer and like talking like as the video played, trying to imagine if I was watching this, what would I want to hear someone saying? <laughs> yeah. So it was almost like Inception. It was like I had to go inside someone's mind that was watching me talk about what I was doing. It was weird. <laughs> but like, long story short, it ended up coming together okay. Uh, I actually have, there have been a couple times where I wanted to go back and maybe like re-refine some things. Um, again, based on some stuff that I learned this past year with some things like, oh, this is actually a better thing to communicate with this step than what I was doing before. Like what I was doing before is fine, but like it can be better. So yeah, like I guess online content, it's it's not too hard to film yourself. Uh, just I would say I, I've become more conscious of the quality. Like you guys talk about your microphones. Um, yeah. <laughs> the sound quality of voice is big, is a big deal with dance videos now. Cause there's so much, there's so much good quality stuff that it's easy to kind of get lost in the shuffle. Um, but as far as like the content, like the actual, like information that's being shared, uh, again, blessed to have good teachers that have taught me good things that I can go into the lab and kind of, you know, do my own thing with. And it's like, Oh, here's like a new take on this thing that maybe you already know. Uh, here's a new take on it, you know, take it or leave it. It's just, you know, it's there for your, for your training purposes, if you really want to do it. And I've gotten a lot of good feedback on stuff like that. So I, I, I haven't been doing as much recently because just getting back to teaching, it's, you know, you can, you only have so much time and energy to put into that, right, but it's yeah. something I want to get back into maybe consistently being an online presence where maybe like once a week, it's like, here's a, here's a little lesson for something. Okay, next week, here's something a little different. So it just keeps people engaged. And ultimately, it's useful, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, it definitely, it's funny, the when uh, the early beginner stuff that you had online, and also when you first went to YouTube, I was actually, you know, back when I was like, figuring out my pot and stuff, like, I was in Jordan's basement doing it, like. Jordan's <laughs> like, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's the, th yeah, that's if, you know, if I put all this stuff out there and like, it was crickets, like no one's really biting into it. I, then I have to go back to myself and be like, am I doing, am I putting out the right kind of content? Maybe I need to like make myself better before I think about being an authority on it. Um, that's entirely possible. Like, I'm sure I'll look back at some of the stuff in five years that I'm doing now and being like, yeah, that could have been better, man. That can be a lot better, but that's, that's, that's what's good about having like a growth mindset is that you never really like stagnate, you know, you're always kind of looking to push up a little bit that you're going to keep learning. Yep. Yeah. I, I would say it's, if you are looking back in five years and be like, Oh, how did I put out that? I, I think that's a good sign because it means that you've been growing this entire time. So right. you like, you are making better you are making better choices you are producing better uh content work anything over time i think that's really important it's a good point i don't think a lot of people think about that either like i think some people think that they get to a point and it's like i've made it like i've made it and whatever i put out is gold and then you know that maybe they go back and they like come up with some better stuff but i you know, I'd be, I'd be remiss to think of like many people who go back like five years and they're like, oh man, that could have been a lot better. A lot of times they're like, oh, that was so dope. That was so great. I'm very much like, 
I sometimes will watch old stuff that I do. And I just have like this, I don't know, my eye for it changes. Like when I did it, I was like, this is great. This is so cool. And then I look back and I'm like, <sighs> there are some things though that I, I'll look back on and I'm like, that's good. But it's like, that's how I look. I'm like, hmm, how about that? I was expecting it not to be that great, but it's okay. <laughs> yep. Tyler, um, were you about to say something? It looked like you had like a hand gesture. Oh, I was just going to say like if, if uh, Jordan and I end up like, if this ends up going, I hope the podcast goes super long, but if we make it, you know, like five years from now, we're looking back on our original episodes. It would be fun to interview everyone again and be like, yeah. let's see if we can do this better. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, I was eating a burrito when I was talking to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so just to wrap things up for the night, uh, final question for someone who is just getting into dance just, or is not into dance or Taekwondo right now, but is even considering it. What would you say to get like to someone who's thinking about getting started in either of these disciplines? Like how to approach it? Yeah. 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 How to approach it to get passionate about it. Um, I think one thing that you can do for both, uh, if they, if, if the studio lets you is go and watch a class, like just go watch and kind of, you'll, you'll know in the first probably, uh, 10 to 15 minutes, if it's something that looks like, yeah, like that looks like something fun to do that I could try or something where you're like, mm -mm. <laughs> like, I think with with martial arts again i think it comes down it's not so much the martial art but the teacher honestly because i think if i had like a really great uh teacher that taught like i learned taekwondo i'd say like 180 degrees opposite of taekwondo is something like uh, aikido you know where it's it's like instead of like striking and kind of keeping distance it's like come closer to me so i can use your body to my advantage if I had a really good teacher and I came into something like Aikido, I would probably pursue it and and, and get a lot out of it. But uh, I think some people approach it like, what kind of martial art do I want to do? Which is okay too. Just make sure like you get an idea of what the classes are going to be like. Um, because if it's like you you go in and you, you're like, oh, I, I want to do Taekwondo and the teacher is like a really big a-hole, you're like, uh... I don't want to necessarily, because a lot of times they make you commit money up front. Like our school, we it's like a kind of a gym membership. It's like, all right, you're signing up for a six-month program. Six months. That's going to be like many hundreds of dollars. <laughs> um, people are very, you know, they want to know what they're doing with their money. So do yourself a favor, put some time into just doing like the research. If you don't, if you're not like a Google person, go, I think going to watch in person is the best the best thing because you just get to see it right in front of you and you kind of put yourself in that spot like yeah i could learn this or not learn this and then dance i would say uh you could try to do the same thing i think some studios i actually don't even know like i've never had somebody really come in to watch my dance complex class maybe like once or twice and then like they if they leave 10 minutes in it's like okay i don't really know how to follow up with them but um 
same thing. It's like you see how they move, you see how the teacher teaches, you see how the students absorb information. Um, but I think also uh, listening to some music and getting a sense of what like the music is first so that you're not like shell shocked when you come in and it's like, wait, I gotta, I gotta move and be on beat. What the fuck? Like <laughs> getting a sense of if, if the music is something that you like, I think that helps a lot with absorbing the, the material. Cause if you, if you're learning movement and then the music is something where you're like, I don't like this. Like, I don't know how to listen to this. The movement's not going to connect. So the music I think is a big important factor in for dance. Um, if you can't watch a class, uh, there's there's so much stuff online that maybe you could look up about, like if you wanted to learn house dance, just go to house dance on YouTube and a billion things come up and just like watch some and, you know, hopefully you find something that's legit. Um, if it looks like something that you're like, oh, I, I might want to learn that, check it out. No, that's fair. And then I guess closing, if you want to, I'm just, I'm going to shamelessly promote you, Sean, but if you want to give a call out to your website and uh, your Instagram resources. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Should I, should I do that now? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on uh, Instagram, I'll just like kind of put my phone up, but I'll also just say what it is. So if um, there we are. So shiz underscore Matic, shizmatic. But if you type in uh, my name, Sean Bierka, uh, and or Boston House Dance, if you type type that into the search field, you'll probably see my my name come up. So I think the easiest thing, Boston House Dance. Uh, if I type it right now, let's just see what happens. Um, ba -ba -ba. Oh number one <laughs> yeah <laughs> and 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 also just to kind of explain that like this that's more of a like literally like a search field strategy is like i don't consider myself boston house dance i'm not but i use that as a way that people can find me and then if they have questions about what i do or like how they can get involved in the scene like i can be a resource for it um my website is just my name uh, net. So if I go to, boop, 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 let's go to the homepage. Homepage looks something like this. And then if I go to the top, um, you can kind of see that like net. S-E-A-N-B-J-E-R-K-E.net. Um, but if you type my name into Instagram, my Instagram links to my website, uh, I also have a YouTube channel that links to those same things. It's all a big intricate web of lies and deceit. Um, just <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Like, that's, that's a big thing is like to, you know, make sure social media channels are connected to each other. So if you find someone yep. here, you can get here and here. So it's pretty much just my name. Sean Bierka gets you where you want to go. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us tonight, Sean. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, yeah. It, was fun. it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I guess I will see you Thursday for class. <laughs> I hope. Yeah. Oh, that's right. You already signed up, right? Yeah, I signed up for Thursday and Sunday, I and I won't go to the zoo this Sunday, so I'll be at the Sunday class. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Holding you accountable. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's I always enjoy talking with uh, people that have good like kind of conversation line because. 
every time I finish something, it's like, well, here's a new question that's going to make you think. And it's like, ah, I, it helps me, you know, tell my story that I don't get, I don't do this all the time. Like, oh, this is like everything that I've done over the last 20, 30 years. So like when I get to talk about it with people like you, it, it just, it feels more right. You know, it's like, okay, I'm doing, we're doing yeah. the right things. <laughs> it was wonderful hearing your story. Glad we should listen to it and hear more about it. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, okay. and we'll, we'll have to interview, we'll, we'll take turns in the interview booth. So one of you can go next, next time. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much again and see you later. Yeah, see you guys. Have a good night. You see too. you, Sean. That is it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd really appreciate if you leave a comment on your platform of choice. And if you give us a pat on the back. We really appreciate the physical support. And maybe, if you really liked it, you could take us out for a night on the town. Oh, should we start an OnlyFans too?